Clark Phillips and the Utah Utes absolutely shined on Saturday in their 42 to 16 win over the Oregon State Beavers. But what did we learn about the Utes in that matchup? We're talking about it on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everyone. My name is JT Wistersill, and thank you for making Lockdown News your first listen every single day. Make sure you guys like and subscribe or leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Our road to 500 subscribers before the USC game is still going strong, so appreciate all you guys who have already subscribed and those of you that will subscribe. So our episode today is brought to you by, brought to you by LinkedIn. I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Lockdown College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college that's locked on college terms and conditions may apply as i mentioned today's show we're gonna be going over and breaking down the biggest things we learned about this utah team from the oregon state game and in order to do that bring on mute zone writer and friend of the show dante guardi and dante for this game as well, just starting with general game thoughts as well. I really love the defense, obviously. I thought the defense was outstanding. You know, you give up the, I think it was the second drive of the game where Oregon State marched right down the field on the Utes. That was a little demoralizing. But outside of that, the red zone defense, we're going to talk about that later. Phenomenal. Obviously, Clark Phillips, more on him in basically a couple seconds. And just in general, I really liked what I saw from this Utah defense. And then offensively, you know, a little stagnant at times, especially early on. But then in the second half, I really liked the way Cam and Devon Bailey, I think Kai Bernard had some great plays as well. So overall, just another one of those kind of slow starts offensively. But because of how strong the defense was, the Utes weren't able to have a problem late in this one and eventually blew it open. Yeah, no problems at all. The thing that really stuck out to me about the defense was the fact that Oregon State was only gen- only able to generate yards off of these kind of flukish plays i mean their their touchdown was on a double reverse and then their only other big play that i can remember was a reverse pass that went back to the quarterback for 25 yards or something like that so the fact that they're only able to generate yards on these type of just weird plays that aren't being drawn up every single snap was really encouraging because whenever they came out in a normal set and ran a normal play they weren't having much success especially in the red zone yeah utah did an outstanding job as he talked about in general in the red zone. And we're going to talk about the red zone efficiency in a bit. But first, I want to start with my biggest takeaway from the game. And of course, it's just Clark Phillips is him being honest. I mean, Clark Phillips, the third, absolutely phenomenal in this one. The third stands for three interceptions as he absolutely balled out in this one. Talk about the game in general for Clark as well. Also had three tackles in this one. But man, there's those three interceptions being the biggest things, whether you look at the, the first interception that set the Utes up really nicely on offense to score that first touchdown when Cam threw a beautiful pass to Jalen Dixon. The second one, he took it to the house, doing a great job undercutting that route. And even the third one, I mean, that's just a jump ball that you don't expect uh, I can't remember what Cam's what Clark is exactly listed at, but I think it's like five eight or somewhere in that range. So definitely not the biggest guy, but still goes up and gets that ball as well. So three interceptions in this one. One is one of the biggest reasons this Utah defense is so formidable. And you know he had his first interception on a good job. He read the quarterback on the bubble screen, jumped in front of it, and picked it off versus Arizona State. But so great to see him just explode and show why he has a he's genuinely can be considered for the best, not just cornerback in the Pac-12, as I think almost everyone knows he is, but one of the best in the country. Yeah, the big thing heading into the season for me was how have his ball skills kind of gotten better? And these past two weeks have shown it massively. You know, he's always been able to run with the best in the game. I mean, 
especially against Oregon State, who had two top 10 receivers in the Pac-12 in yards per hour run, able to run with them and able to make a jump on the ball. Like he was always there to make a play, but a lot of the times it would just be not letting guys get yards after catch. Whereas now this year, he's really transformed into an elite cornerback and able to make a jump on the ball, able to run it back for a pick six. And like always being able to run with the best in the game. Yeah, and is incredible because, like we mentioned, the size is not what you usually see out of a great corner, but he is exactly that. He's able to keep pace with those guys as well. And it's one of those things I think people were surprised at. Why is Chance Nolan testing him? It's not that Chance Nolan was thinking, I'm going to throw to Clark Phillips. I, he's just making his reads and trying to make plays. Now, normally you want to try to avoid a guy like Clark, and I think teams will take more extremes going forward to do so. But I think in this one, it was just an op. The couple times they did, he thought he had him. And a couple times, I mean, one time I believe in the game late, Clark did get called for a face mask, just kind of got hung up once and gave up a couple catches in this one. So you still want to try to get, especially your top receivers involved. But I think definitely teams going forward are going to do everything they can to try to avoid Clark because they see games like this or the catastrophe. And this is literally the game when draft experts come around. When we hear the Todd McShays, the Mel Kuypers talking about Clark Phillips, they're going to go, go back and watch that Oregon State game. He absolutely dominated. Yeah, 100%. I mean, the only catches he really gave up were more of those like drag in in running routes that are easy to complete against man coverage. But still, even then, Clark was allowing no yards after the catch. I mean, he was he was right there with them and not allowing anything at all. Yeah, Clark, an outstanding game. So always fun to watch and see him go out there and do that as well. And talking about our my second takeaway from this one a little bit, it's got to be Utah's red zone defense. Six trips to the red zone in total, only nine points allowed for Oregon State until I guess late they scored one other touch. They scored, or excuse me, actually they didn't score a touchdown. That was one of the later interceptions as well. So yeah, the early touchdown we talked about it was off that reverse, the big run. But from there, I was just so in, impressed by Utah's ability to bend but not break Dante. Yeah, no doubt. Um, RJ Huber coming up with that big interception, big run back as well. I mean, just everyone doing their job. That was the main thing. I remember Zemaya Vaughn had a really nice pass breakup in the red zone as well. And they weren't really getting anything on the ground in the red zone either. I mean, they had a couple of nice runs um, in open field, but when it came down to crunch time, when it came down to actually put it in the end zone, they were completely stumped. And I, I think it's credit to Morgan, Morgan Scally as well. I mean, his coverages were fantastic down there. And especially getting RJ in that great position to make a jump on that ball and run it back for 70 plus yards was just fantastic. Yeah, it was fantastic. RJ was already had an opportunity to return a touchdown for the house. He was the one who recovered the fumble that Jonah Ellis had punched out in that very first game versus Florida. He hasn't been able to take, wasn't able to take this one back, but already of course has a pick six, got that one versus Southern Utah. And Hubert had another outstanding game. This one, I love that you brought him up 12 total tackles, nine of those solos mentioned the interception as well. And he's a guy look dealing with the injury, didn't play in the Oregon state game last year. And I spoke with him about that earlier in the week, just like how hard that was to sit out and kind of watch and not be able to play. Cause you just remember being frustrated because you see the mistakes the defense is making and you know you can do you know this team is capable of being better and Utah had every chance to win that Oregon State game last year as well so just so awesome and it's been just been so great to watch Hubert come back healthy as well and do his thing yeah no doubt he's been a fantastic compliment to Cole especially in coverage because Cole obviously going up in the box making a lot of plays against the run it's really kind of isolated RJ um and the back end and he's done an absolutely fantastic job he has done a fantastic job flying all over the place. And I mean, that's, I mean, Dante disagree. Best safety duo on the Pac-12. There are a lot of good ones. There are a lot of good ones, but I think in terms of playmaking ability, um, they, they're definitely up there at number one. Yeah, Cole had another strong game, of course, as well. But fun to see RJ lead this team in tackles for a change. And you'd mentioned Cole um, talking about it. Five total tackles in this one. 
Three of those were solo for him, but just always effective. Saw him making a couple plays in the secondary as well, helping to disrupt the Beavers' offense. That's something this Utah defense was able to do. And we're going to also talk about just this Utah defense, especially Oregon State was able to move the ball through the run a lot, but then when they got in the red zone, that's where things tightened up in the rushing attack. And we're going to talk about why that is in a moment. But first, want to talk to you guys more about LinkedIn talent solutions. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. You make sure you guys head to LinkedIn jobs, then add your job to the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview you and hire guys there's still tons of great college students who recently just got out there as well as tons of other employees who are seasoned working veterans who are trying to get into the game of work the working field and make sure you guys head over to linkedin to be or in order to check them out and get an opportunity to hire some of the best qualified candidates out there right now linkedin jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college that's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply once again, locked on college. That's one word, all lowercase. So you guys can post your job for free on that one. And talking about another thing as well, Dante, just staying with this red zone defense as well. It was so impressive to me that, yes, even though the Beavers were gashing Utah on the run a couple of times and were able to get in the red zone, just that ability to bend and not break and just a great job by Morgan Scally and especially the players out there, obviously, just bowing up and getting in. I think we saw Diabate flying a couple of times. I mean, Diabate had six tackles in this one. Four of them were tackles for loss. You see him flying around, making plays. Same thing with Karene Reed as well. Junior to, to Funa out there. By Ma, he had a couple of huge ones. He's a guy who didn't get a tackle versus Arizona on a state was absolutely essential in Utah's effort to get that one done. And Samote Peppa, another guy as well, doing a good job stuff in the run, as well as just this defensive line in general, the front seven, Utah's weak, biggest weakness in the game versus Florida, honestly, with the, a lot of those missed tackles credited against those guys, they were absolutely lights out in this one. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest takeaway in the red zone was, I think it was Cole Clark and Diabate all combined for a stop together and that was really what stuck out to me it was like they're just just an absolute team effort down there bend don't break exactly like you were saying and everyone did their part the defensive tackles were flying all, all over the place Diabate like you said three plus tackles for losses you know Cole's going to bring it you know Clark is going to be good against the run and Karene is going to be good against the run so it was just an all-around absolute beautiful team effort from the Utes. Yeah, and going over even some of the numbers, just looking at a couple of those, because we mentioned Utah wins 42 to 16. And in that as well, total yardage, the Beavers actually had more total yards, as we talked about. They had more passing yards as well, even more rushing yards. But in the end, when you're not able to convert in the red zone, that's where you lose games. And that's what this Utah team was able to do to them. They also had the four turnovers, of course, as well. All those coming through the air. So just another fantastic effort by this Utah defense that is just, you know, early on, we were kind of wondering, like, can this Utah defense hang with some of the best teams? And I really feel like even if we if we played that Florida game again, I feel like it's a totally different result because of how locked and ready these guys are coming in. I feel like some of those tackling issues, I mean, look, they didn't pop up at all versus the Beavers. That was just a week one thing as well on the road in the heat against some very strong and tough Florida backs. I think that's one of those examples and going to that first game where what basically made them stronger as a team. 
Yeah, this was always a young defense. I mean, Cole's still an, an underclassman. Yeah, Brené softball. and Lander are both underclassmen. I mean, these guys are all very young players. So going up against an SEC team as physical as Florida was, it's a tough test, especially in week one on the road. So the the maturity of them has grown a ton since week one. And then another stat I want to point out um, about the Oregon State game is third down is what makes and breaks quarterbacks. I'm pretty sure Oregon State was three of three of eleven or three of ten on three third of 10. down. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Utah was much much better. I mean, I pointed. I'm I'm writing an article right now. It's, I'm going to point it out, and it's um, Cam Rising on 29 of his dropbacks, 12 of them ended in a Utah first down. So if you're converting first downs like that over and over and over again, I mean, it's there's no way that anyone's going to be able to beat this team. 100%. And I love that you mentioned Cam because that's a perfect segue. And my third takeaway was just Cam getting it done with his legs. Led this team in rushing in total. He had seven carries for 73 yards. How about that touchdown run as well? Shaking off two guys to get into the end zone. And this team is more dangerous when Cam does decide to tuck it and run. And look, it's just sometimes from the pocket, especially early on, I feel like he still struggles, misses guys a little bit. And sometimes the receivers, of course, for Utah, they have struggled to create separation a little bit more than they thought that they would. So that's a great ability Cam has is he's so tough. I was watching the game with someone and they remarked how Cam never slides. And that's true. And that's, I think, something Utah fans love about him. And I mean, a little scary as well sometimes. Every once in a while, Cam, you could throw on the slide there if you would like. But I, he's just so tough and does such a great job using the legs. He's not the shiftiest guy. He's not the fastest guy. I mean, DTR had one of the best hurdles you're going to see in college football for UCLA this past weekend. Cam's not doing that. But he can go through you, and as well as guys go low enough, he can go go up top a little bit. He's just not getting to the the DTR dunking range. But I just love seeing Cam be, Cam be aggressive with his legs. Yeah, that touchdown run that he had was absolutely punishing. I was shocked that he stayed in bounds when I watched it live. I was kind of like, okay, he had to have stepped out around the, the one or the two. Watching the replay, nah, fantastic balance. Like I said, absolutely punishing run, way to get in the end zone. And he just has that heart of a line that a lot of these other quarterbacks don't have. He has the ability to put the team on his back. And he's a team first guy. You know, he's not going to make the flashiest plays, but his timing was on rhythm. Like I, like we mentioned, his rushing ability was there. And he's just a high football IQ player, which is something essential to run an Andy Ludwig offense. And it's one of those great things about having a guy like Cam is you know you're never out of a game because he's never going to give up. He's such a competitor. He's such a hard worker as well. And you see that payoff out there. You can tell he spent the time in the weight room. You don't get to carry and shake guys off by doing those kind of plays unless you do, do arc that committed. And it was just so great to watch and see Cam get after it in that regard. And, you know, another guy who got in the weight room, obviously, is Devon Vele because how about the day he had and that phenomenal touchdown just dragging the defender into the end zone as well. Vele, seven catches for 94 yards. That 94 yards, the season high for Vele as well. Had the touchdown, but another guy who kind of took a little bit to get going, but once he did, just so great to see him be kind of the main guy to really step up in the absence of Brant Keithy. Yeah, I, I don't quote me if I'm wrong, but I think over the course of the season, his yards per game has gone up every single game. So it's fantastic to see him progressing seven catches for 94 yards, as well as that touchdown, which was just just took absolute guts. I mean, not a lot of receivers are making that play. Devon did it. And the thing that really stuck out to me about Devon and the receivers in general was how much separation they were creating against an Oregon State separate secondary that I view is very high. I think this is the best mm -hmm. secondary Utah is going to face all season. And they were able to create separation. The timing was there from Cam. It was just beautiful communication all around. Yeah, and it was, you know, don't have Solomon Enos in that one. So that, of course, tough. So it was great to see Vele be able to step up and be that elite wide receiver one that we know he's capable of being. And we know that 100-yard game is going to come very soon as well. Another guy who's a huge asset for the Utes in this one was Mekhi Bernard. You look at, I mean, the stats aren't as incredible, right? Only six carries for 19 yards. And 
receptions three for 37 but every single one of those are plays that i can distinctly remember from the game i mean you're sure there's a couple of short runs mixed in there but i mean how about the effort on the one i believe it was the third down or maybe it was even a first down and cam threw it to him to the outside and he shakes off two tacklers and gets a nice run out of it as well i just love when makai is using this versatile day and on the game he was definitely utah's best back yeah he's kind of the glue guy of this mm-hmm. offense like Whatever, whenever you need somebody to make a play, you know Makai's going to bring it. You know he's not going to be quitting on these runs. You know he's just going to be putting his whole effort into whatever he's doing. And he's so great out of the backfield, can change the pace of the running game. I mean, last year in the BYU game when nobody else wanted to step up, it was Makai. I think he had a 55-yard run where he shook, shook a couple of tackles. And it, that was when I was like, dang, if nobody's going to be stepping up, this is the guy who will be. And, I mean, he did everything for us last year, doing everything again, again once again for us this year. So it's fantastic to see him doing well. Yeah, fun to watch him get after it and just was a little disappointed in the run game overall in this one. Coach Whittingham talked about how, you know, offensive lines, linemen struggling to kind of reach that second level and see linebackers. So definitely something this team is going to have to continue to work on going forward, especially as they prepare for the UCLA game coming up. But definitely excited to see what this Utah team was able to do versus Oregon State and very encouraged as well going forward. Is Look, this is also one of the best offensive lines they're going to face all year. Just one last point on that defense and held them to 16 rushing yards in total. So just an incredible effort. And we're going to do, talk about one last thing from this game in a moment. But first, want to talk to you guys about Bet Online. Bet Online.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcast, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. College football, NFL action. There are tons of great games every weekend. And if you guys got an inkling about one of them, make sure you head over to Bet Online. Or not really into betting on football, that's okay. Bet Online has you covered with other sports, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf so head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more bet online where the game starts and dante you were obviously have the game on saturday i talked about what the biggest things were that stood out for me what was the biggest thing for you i touched on it a bit earlier but it's the separation the, cre- the wide receivers were creating you know brent keithy out for the year that's a huge loss but everyone else just stepped up and is absent and like i said this is the best secondary utah's gonna be going against all year an experienced secondary who has Five guys who have all who all have start starting experience. Next week we play UCLA, who only returns one starter. Sure, they're solid back there, but they're not Oregon State. So I thought it was really encouraging being able to see Devon, Jalen Dixon, Munir McLean, even guys being able to just create separation and make life easier on Cam Rising. Yeah, 199 yards in total for this one. But and I mean, I also I mean, you talked about the receivers as well because you were someone as well. I got to give you some props. You talked about Jalen Dixon a ton. So how are you feeling watching him make it flying around, making plays out there? Two touchdowns in this one, one on the ground, and the first one through the air. It's awesome, man. It's it's fantastic just seeing him being used the way he should be used. I mean, I I was on the far side of the field when he scored that first touchdown, so I was kind of looking at. I saw him on single coverage in the slot, and I was like, this is the perfect time. Ran a beautiful route, made an even more beautiful catch. I. I texted you, I said, little Devontae Smith on that one because yeah. <laughs> it looked like Devontae Smith. I mean, that's what made him such a great college receiver, his ability to track the ball over his shoulders. And Jalen displayed that to a T as well as displaying his speed on that speed on that jet, jet sweep run that he had. I mean, he's a guy that's just going to be so valuable for us in that playmaking essence. Like, sure, he's not going to out, be out there every single snap, but when he is on the field, defenses are going to have to account for him because they know whenever he gets the ball, there's a chance that it's going to be seven for Utah. I believe it was friend of the show, Steve Bartle, who said that this Jalen Dixon is one of the highest touch catches to just touchdown ratios in the entire country as well. So guy definitely want to see more of 
out there on the field. And just before we leave this game, I just want to mention as well, because you just talked about the passing game. I thought Cam was incredible for the most part in this one. A couple missed throws, but in general, the first touchdown to Jalen Dixon, to even to the, how about his the last touchdown throw to Dalton Kincaid, fit that one through a tight window and just rifled it in there perfectly, did a good job connecting with Devon. So outside of getting it done, I thought the second half was, I mean, honestly, you can argue the second half was, the best I've seen Cam play this year, honestly. I said that versus the Arizona State game. I thought that was his best game, but especially Cam in the second half. I just thought he was lights out through the air, Dante. You just have to take into account the quality of the opponent. You know, Arizona State's not up there with Oregon State. I've said it three times now on this show. I mean, this is a very good secondary, and people aren't giving them the credit they deserve. I mean, they held USC to four, to 17 points, and they were a fourth down push away from upsetting the Trojans and limiting, the, limiting them to only 10 points. You know, Ray John Wright's a fantastic corner. Alex Austin's a fantastic corner. They got guys who are going to be playing at the next level all over their secondary. And they, the ability for Cam to just slice and dice him was super encouraging to me. His ability to, min- to manipulate their safeties with his eyes, just everything in general that he was doing was clicking on all cylinders. Yes, it was. And it's what made for this one to be such a fun game for the Utes. As we mentioned, they go on to win it 42 to 16. So another dominant win for the Utes and it sets them up for a fun one this Saturday as they take on the US UCLA Bruins and the Bruins. What a great game it was on Friday night, back and forth the entire time with the Washington Huskies. UCLA came into that game unranked, but and the Huskies, of course, being 15, coming off their big win versus Michigan State not too long ago. But this was just one where the Bruins, I think when you look at Dorian Thompson-Robinson, the game he had in this one, DTR, just incredible. Just multiple moments that you see. Not, I think a lot of, we talked about like the September Heisman or whatever, like just Heisman for a day. Like you could argue he get, he gets it for this past week because of those plays. Stops on a dime, makes two guys fly into each other in the end zone. Goes over top, one of the best hurdles I've ever seen. Just in command the entire time in this one. And I thought he was outstanding as well. Charbonnet, of course, one of the best backs in the Pac-12. 22 carries, 124 yards, a touchdown. And I mean, Jake Bobo. Six catches, 142 yards. So these are some players that this UCLA team has. And it's a UCLA team that Utah's had their number in the past, but Utes are going to be in for a dogfight this Saturday in Pasadena. Yeah, that's their big three. Bobo, Charbonnet, DTR. Obviously, those are the three guys. Bobo had a fantastic game. I mean, his route running ability is out of this world. He put Julius Julius Irving, who is one of the better corners in the Pac-12, on an absolute spin cycle. So, I mean, this is a guy who can do it all, really. And he's a big body, can get contested catches. I mean, just an all-around fantastic receiver. Charbonnet, a punishing runner. You know, he'll run you over if he has to. And he's got solid speed for a guy his size. Um, Through the tackles, he's sound. On the outside, he's sound. And DTR, obviously. His ability to just keep defenses on their heels, you know, because, I mean, he's not, like, the, the best deep ball thrower, but his ability for them to establish the run, and then he can beat you over the middle on a play-action pass. And he's experienced, too, so he, he knows what he's doing. He has good control over the offense. And another guy I want to point on UCLA, on a, out on UCLA is Raekwon O'Neal, their left tackle, transfer from Rutgers. He was one of the best pass-blocking offensive linemen last year in the Big Ten. Now he's on UCLA, so it's going to be a big challenge for these Utah defensive ends to be, be able to get around him and get pressure on DTR. Yeah, it's going to be a fun one for sure. 11 versus 18, the matchup. And, you know, Dante, just obviously we're still – we're recording this on Sunday, so still pretty much a week out from the game. Got a five days ahead for it, but I still I still feel good about Utah on this one, of course. But I I'm going to be interested to see how this one plays out for Utah because I think this could be their closest game they've had since the Florida one, honestly. Because this is a UCLA team, as I mentioned, Utah has really beat up on them in the past. I think they're going to come out fired up and ready to go. And hey, not that the Utes aren't. I think the Utes are excited to go back to Pasadena, honestly, after what happened at the Rose Bowl and looking. For, and look, it's obviously not going to be the same level of crowd, but still in the same environment. So I expect this one to be a really fun game, and I think this one could very well be within ten points too because of how good this Bruins team is playing right now. 
yeah, the spread opened at three points. So Vegas obviously thinks it's gonna, thinks it's going to be pretty close. And UCLA will definitely give us a round for our money compared to how Arizona State and Oregon State have. You know, they're too experienced on offense. And the defense has some playmakers too. Um, I'm not saying they'll be able to stop us on every drive because I personally don't think they will be able to. This offense is way too efficient to be able to get stopped by a team as inexperienced as USC on the defense. I mean, they only returned one starter in their secondary. Sure, the one starter is Stephen Blaylock, who had a fantastic game against Washington, had an interception, was flying all over the place. But still, I think the experience that Utah has on offense matches up well. Um, with the inexperience on UCLA's defense, I think we'll be able to throw the ball pretty efficiently. And on on defense, our guys need to need to play above like their their experience level. You know, like I said, this defense is still very inexperienced. And you're talking about a UCLA team as Zach Charbonnet, who's been around for three, four years now. DTR, who's been starting since 2017. And Jake Bobo, who was a four year starter for Duke. So, I mean, this is a very experienced UCLA team. They got experienced playmakers. So Utah's defense is going to have to play physical. and They're going to have to play fast. Indeed they will, and it's going to be fun to see if they're able to do it that one this Saturday. But, of course, the biggest thing from the weekend, the Utes get it done versus the Beavers. I think a game a lot of people had is a trap game. Looking at you, Pat McAfee picked against the Utes. But, in general, great to see the Utes go out there and get a win. And, Dante, you've talked a lot about Cam Rising and DTR. If people want to hear more of your thoughts about the Pac-12 quarterbacks, where can they go? UteZone.com. Got a new article dropping tomorrow, Pac-12 quarterback rankings, week five. Got a plethora of ones that have dropped in the past. Um, but spoiler alert, Cam Rising will be number one. Hey, there you go. So appreciate Dante Guardi as always for joining us on today's show. And appreciate all of you who have joined us as well. We, we thank you again for making Locked On Utes your first listen every day. But if you're in the market for a second listen every day, we recommend you check out the Locked On Pac-12 podcast where hosts Spencer McLaughlin and other local experts will take you around the conference. Lots of fun action from the week. The Trojans in action. We've already broken down the Utes, of course. That UCLA-Washington game was electric. And it's going to be always a fun show with Spencer. So make sure you guys head over to the Locked On Pac-12 podcast. Check it out. And also, thank you again for listening to Locked On Utes. And that's going to do it for today show, but we'll see you tomorrow.